the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Partners in the Gospel. I'm your host, Chaim Goldman, the Watchman. On Partners in the Gospel, we talk with ministry leaders, pastors, other local community members, as well as national influencers who are making a true kingdom impact. And of course, we are here on 100.7 FM, The Word, and also on podcast at thewordfm1007.com. On today's program, we're so happy to have you with us. First segment, Joe Pepper, who will be talking about Christian financial literacy. And in our second segment, we have Chandler Wilburn, who is about to graduate as his class president and valedictorian, and we'll be talking with him about being a good steward of where God has put you in your present situation, even at a young age. Well, Joe Pepper, welcome to Partners in the Gospel. Thanks, Heim. Great to be here. It's great to have you here, Joe. Give you Joe's background here. Joe Pepper is a certified financial educator with more than two decades in the financial industry. He has guided hundreds of families where they would like to go financially and has trained more than 100 wealth coaches. And he especially loves to teach fellow Christians biblical concepts about money. And today we are going to be talking about loving yourself financially the need for financial literacy in the church. Well, Joe, I'm going to ask you, you know, how you got into the financial industry, which, you know, a lot of people might snooze on, but I think they should pay attention because really it comes from your background growing up in a family that, like a lot of us, sort of didn't have a clue financially, got into a lot of trouble, but rather than perpetuating that forward, you decided to take action. Tell us about that. Yeah, thank you for that. For that. And, you know, I was, I'm a third-generation native of Colorado, and my family has a lot of history in the state here. But growing up in my home, I did not get a financial education from my parents. Now, I don't fault them for that because their parents, my grandparents, didn't know. But around our kitchen table, the conversations around money were usually what we couldn't do versus what we could do. Mm-hmm. And I saw my parents work hard, uh, which they most of the time, both of them worked two jobs. But we had a hard time getting by. And, um, and so if we don't get that education from our parents... The schools I went to did not teach me anything about finance, but yet money controls almost every aspect of our lives. So if we don't get them from those resources, where do you learn how money works? Good luck. And that that's exactly what drew me into the industry. I was a business owner, very successful at making money. I just didn't know how to hold on to it. I didn't have any mentor. I didn't have any mentorship. And how to it was, make it, how to spend it, how to make it and how to spend it. And it went through my hands kind of like water. And uh, um, in 2000, I realized I just didn't know what I was doing. So I really wanted to get an education for myself to start. with. So how did you do How did you get that education? Well, I went and uh, just dove into the industry and said, look, um, I'm going to find out what I'm doing wrong. I'm going to find a mentor. I'm going to find a coach, which I did. And they guided me uh, through several years of being in this. So I started doing classes. I started doing seminars. I'd witnessed what happened to my mom. She was a retired veterans nurse, 
did okay. My father had passed away years prior. And when mom got dementia, we were completely unprepared and we didn't see it coming. We had no planning. We didn't know there was things that we didn't even know the questions to ask. Mm-hmm. And mom's care was nine and a half years of a cost of $1.2 million. Wow. So here's my mom's story. She saved her whole life to give it all away to somebody else. And I saw this repeating over and over in my life and my friends' lives and everything else. And I think at the core of it is found the foundation is, is, is literacy. Financial literacy is anemic at best in the United States. Mm-hmm. So they used to teach it in schools. Yes. Um, you know, when I was in school many years ago, even then, they didn't teach it to us, but but they called it home economics. And it was really <laughs> confusing. Home economics was cooking. Yep. Home economics was sewing. That was a wonderful thing that the boys in the junior high and high school like to do, not um, but there were there were no economics. So this was actually something that was taught just like the Constitution was taught in public schools. But you were we were talking earlier that 90, 100 years ago, it got removed so that we've been ignorant, at least from a public level for a long time. So, you know, t- tell us about that. No, that's absolutely right. I mean, it used to be and I have school books back in the 1800s in my library that had concepts like the rule of 72, the impact of loss, um, uh, balance sheets, spread those type of things that used to be in our eighth graders knew more about finance than college graduates do today. And those concepts were deliberately taking out, taken out in the 1930s. And it has not served American families well. Now, our founding fathers were, were steeped in the faith. Uh, I believe these concepts are steeped in, in scripture as well. God cares about what we do with money. And I have developed a theme called love yourself financially. And, and it's really starting at the cornerstone of learning the concepts from a biblical standpoint. How does God want us to be stewards of what he's given us? Because I really believe when we handle what he gives us better, he can give us more. But if we're not learning the lessons on how to develop those things in our own lives, we still have to learn those lessons before that goes out to the next phase. Okay. Well, I want to hear about this loving yourself financially. I mean, a lot of people would, you know, quote and say, it says that money is the root of all evil. No, it says the love of money is the root of all evil, but it does say the love of money is the root of all evil. So what is this thing about loving yourself financially? You know, it was from me looking at the golden rule, love yourself, love your neighbor as yourself. So what's the first part of that equation? The first part of that equation is loving yourself. So the question I asked is myself is, can I love my neighbor if I do not love myself properly? I would argue that is a no. God wants us to love ourselves. From that, I developed a class that I do called, Do You Love Yourself Financially? And what I mean by that is, here's what Americans do. If you're faith-based, you take care of the tithe, you give to the charity, then you do life, then the last is your savings. We're at the bottom of the pile. We're at the bottom of the list. If there's anything left. If there's anything left. And, and you know, historically, that's a zero. That's a goose right. egg. Does God really want us to be at the bottom, or does he want us to be right under him? And, and so many things that I teach and the concepts that I go through is what if we were just under God and then we took care of ourselves and then we did life. Structure your savings around your life, not your life around your savings. Flip that equation, turn it on its head. So that way you're following the principles that God, because it's really fascinating when you look at scripture, 
the Bible talks about heaven and hell about 50 times. It talks about money over 500 times. I think God really cares about what we do with our finances. So what what's a tip? What's one of the major things that you find that people have a problem with and you can sort of correct it by just by giving them one of these uh, or two of these loving yourself financially tips? What are, you, what are things that are very common that you share with people? Well, one of the things I like to encourage people to do is pick a percentage. You know, the Bible talks about the 10% tithe, right? So we look at the tithe as 10% of what? 10% of what we make. And so many times I see savings with families is a number of a dollar amount. And I think that's a mistake. I think we need to put a percentage because our income changes typically mm-hmm. over time. So take a number, a percentage, and then once you get comfortable with that, increase it. Increase it by 2%. So you're just a little bit on the edge of uncomfortable all the time. Because when you do what the wealthy do, you can have what they have. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I have seen so many ministries starve for the lack of finance. And when we save and when we make sure we have the ability to finance what God wants to do in our lives, we can love our neighbors more. Excellent. So, you know, a lot of times we learn what to do, but we don't do it, Mm -hmm. right? So Mm -hmm. you you have a passion not just for financial literacy, but for education, which means teaching people in ways that they will then go apply. So what are ways that you teach people about financial literacy that they don't glaze over, that they don't say that sounds great and then walk out and do nothing? Well, what are some of the things that you do that that have impact on, on people and families and generations, really? You know, it really goes back to a gentleman that I got to meet near, years ago named Neil Armstrong, first man on the moon. And when I asked Neil, what was it like getting to your destination? He said, one of the things that we did when we were traveling 27,000 miles an hour towards an object in the sky and it, that's in motion, we were 90, 90% of the time we were off course. And this is where I see families. They're off course, but what they don't know is their place of landing. They don't know where they need to be at a particular point in time. And when that is established, we can create a goal line so we can then take score and see how you doing on your journey. Where are you at? Are you going to miss your where you want to be completely, or are you going to safely land on time or shrivel up in space somewhere? And so when we look at it through a picture story, if you will, um, there's course corrections that can be made, but first you have to establish the goal line. And that's what I didn't know. I didn't know my goal. I didn't know where I wanted to be numerically. And once we have that, we can start measuring and say, hey, if if we can help you get there faster and safer, let's have a conversation around that. Okay, excellent. Well, there, there's a website there is. Uh, that people can go on to. I guess it's sort of testing your financial yeah, literacy. Yeah. So tell us about that website and, and what will people find when they get there and what's it going to give them? Yeah, so this is a $32 million program that supplements the uh, 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 number one selling book three years in a row on personal finance that is a graphic novel that's called How Many Works Stop Being a Sucker. And the website, uh, when you go to howmanyworks.com forward slash Joe Pepper, you will see a little financial literacy test. Five questions about money. And what we what I usually see is people get two out of five correct. But it's really a testing of our financial literacy to just kind of get a gauge on where we're, where we are and the concepts. Um, these most of these concepts you can find in biblical roots. Um, I believe they are universal laws. Uh, that God has put in place. And um, I teach classes in, in churches and groups uh, 
being a certified financial educator, obviously there's a very strong um, support there with with a uh, program that is robust and uh, has a book that goes along with it. People can order this on Amazon, but you can get it uh, at a discount through uh, through me. If you want to reach out to me, I'll make sure you can get a get a copy of that book. How money works? Stop being a sucker. Okay, wonderful. Well, just real quick, thirty thirty seconds. Well, what's the biggest mistake that you think Christians make? You know, regarding money. Boy, that's a great question. Um, just off the cuff, uh, real quick, I would say assuming too much, you know, because accountability is important um, and God will provide. We we live by faith, but he also says be a good steward. And um, I just think saving more money. I think people, okay. as we just need to save more money. Okay, well, wonderful. Well, you've been listening to Joe Pepper, and the website, again, I'll give you is uh, www.howmoneyworks.com, but make sure to put in that forward slash and Joe Pepper, just like it sounds, J-O-E-P-E-P-P-E-R, howmoneyworks.com forward slash Joe Pepper. Joe, thanks for being on the program today. Great to be here. Thanks, Heim. Well, you've been listening to Partners in the Gospel. Coming up in our second segment, we have Chandler Wilburn, uh, an inspiring young man who's going to talk about being a good steward of where God has put you in your present situation, even at a young age. I'm Chaim Goldman, and we'll be right back. Hi, this is Chaim Goldman, the Watchman, new host of Partners in the Gospel on The Word, 100.7 FM in Colorado Springs. Would you like to suggest a ministry leader, pastor, or other member of our community who is making a true kingdom impact? to be a guest on Partners in the Gospel program. Maybe even suggest yourself. Well, we'd love to hear from you. Please call me, Hi, I'm Goldman, at Salem Media Group at 719-388-0386. That's 719-388-0386. Welcome back to Partners in the Gospel. I'm your host, Hi, I'm Goldman, the Watchman. Joining us now in our second segment is Chandler Wilburn, and we're going to be talking about being a good steward of where God has you right now. Chandler, welcome to Partners in the Gospel. Thank you so much for having me, Mr. Goldman. It's it's great having you here, Chandler. Well, Chandler Wilburn is about to graduate from the Classical Academy Charter School in Colorado Springs as both class president and also class valedictorian. Wow. And uh, he won state for cross country in 2022 for Division 3A and is approaching 1,000 service hours primarily through his church and also the Civil Air Patrol. And you may know his father, Derek Wilburn, who is the founder and director of Rocky Mountain Black Conservatives. And today we're going to be talking about being a good steward of where God has put you in your present situation, even at a young age. And uh, Chandler, who's just 18, certainly knocking out of the park at a young age. So Chandler, I, you know, I, I know your father, uh, but the reason I asked you on the program is that I recently saw you in the Gazette in their articles about those who are graduating in their best and brightest section. So give us your background. What have you been up to? How'd you get in the paper? Yeah. Um, you know, I honestly, I feel like high school for me has really just been one series of kind of blessings after another. Um, and I found myself, I found myself on student council and as class president, um, just really being involved in a lot of things that I really love. Um, I've certainly loved just bring school spirit. And I think most of my classmates would probably agree with me that I am a very, a very passionate fan of all of my school's sports and activities and everything. And student council was a great way for me to get plugged in with that. 
Um, my church has been a, a very instrumental part of my life, part of what has really made me who I am. I've been able to get involved with New Life Church here in Colorado Springs. Um, just more and more over the years that I've been in high school, I've gotten plugged in with the worship team for the past about three years now, and I've played several instruments for them. And that community, as well as being a junior high mentor and an elementary mentor earlier on in high school, has really been a just very instrumental part of my life. And it's been a community that I've grown really close with. Running for me has also been a very integral part of everything that I've I've put my effort into in high school. Uh, I've been a four-year member of my school's cross-country and track teams, um, and I've just loved to get faster and, and grow with my teammates. Well, wonderful. Well, we hope that uh, this story is going to be inspiring to to those who are out there, um, especially, you know, what I picked up on uh, and that they and that they talked about in the in the Gazette article was about your faith. And you consider yourself to be a Christian conservative. And and uh, I believe that there are a lot like you out there, although um, as far as the media is concerned, we, we would think that nobody in your age group uh, has these values anymore. But but what's it like to be a bold, outgoing young man with these values in your generation where you're being told that these things are, you know, outdated or not popular or just not, you know, leave behind uh, what your parents have taught you? I would describe it as an opportunity more so than anything. Um, I see so many individuals, so many of my my friends, even in my generation, in my school, on my team, who have just really been searching. Um, and I feel like what we see with, with my generation is a lot of kids who are being told by the media that their answers lie in something else um, and that maybe what their family values is just outdated. Like you kind of said, it's it's something that's antiquity. And yet finding true satisfaction in that um, is more so just a, a lifestyle of example than anything. I feel like that so many of my own mentors who I've seen and who have learned from in my church experience are just young, young men um, who in their time, in their time in high school, they were bold in their faith and they've kind of taught that boldness to me. I, I feel like I would say that that being a conservative Christian is really just a great, it's a great, it's a great blessing and it's a great way to reach people that I might never otherwise never be able to. Okay. So, you know, what are some of the experiences that you've had where you've had to sort of, you know, explain yourself, you know, not, not just, and you know, I, I know a lot of times people think that, uh, you know, it has to be a faith driven or salvation driven kind of message rather than a cultural message, but you're out there in the culture. What, what has been some experience that you've had messaging these, these Christian and conservative values out into the culture of your age group? More so than anything, it's just the involvement that I've had with my school, the involvement that I've had with cross country has put so many people in my life who I, I really feel as though it is a, an important calling and is, is an important place that God has put me to make sure that my, the way I'm living is an example of my values. Um, and I really do, I really do believe that God has put me in all the places that he has put me here to reach these specific people. Um, and many of my friends are also Christians are also conservatives yet we all kind of have this struggle. We all kind of have this balance that we have to of course figure out just being in high school of uh, how much do these values really define me? How much is it what my family believes? How much is it what I own for myself? And being able to just more and more confidently step into this is what I really own for myself. This is this is really what God has for me. This is um, 
the relationship that he wants me to be in with him throughout high school has truly just defined me. Okay. So, um, being excellent, you know, it gives you a platform, right? When, when you're out there, when you're bold, when you're doing things in a quality way, people listen. Uh, and this gives us a great opportunity out there. Um, you know, as you mentioned, the track and, and you're uh, as class president, it gives you a platform. But young adults who are out there listening, who consider themselves to be Christian conservatives, you know, how do you suggest that they boldly apply themselves and message out to this culture where there are these restrictions? And also, what would you tell their parents and grandparents to encourage them? Because I have to tell you, as as a, a parent of, of children your age and around your age and younger, you know, we, we don't know what's going on so much. We don't know how to, to encourage this generation because we've been bold in our generation, but things have been have, have changed a lot. So how would you sort of bridge that gap between your parents' generation and, and your own and encourage uh, your generation to be themselves, but to uh, to stand for what they believe? The most integral thing I would say is a community, specifically a church community. It is a point in the Bible that we are created for community and, and God made us with that desire. And I think that that is especially true of, of my current generation, that we really need to be relying on our peers, on our mentors uh, for support and encouragement that our parents, though holding values and though teaching us those um, are not in the position in our lives to necessarily be giving because a, a parent's encouragement is only as good as its application in the youth. And I think a lot of the message that is kind of being sent out today is that if you want to be your own person, that means going against your parents' values, mm-hmm. which is wildly untrue. Yet, I think it's it's really the church community that is capable of speaking against that message and saying that, no, you can step out and be your own person. You can step out and not be your parents, but yet uphold their values, yet live the Christian conservative values that really will be fulfilling to you and and be encouraging to your peers, even without becoming them. So, so you mentioned mentors. You have mentors in your life. Oh, absolutely. Um, one of my closest mentors is the worship team pastor for our youth group. Um, he's been a mentor of mine since I believe the fourth grade, and he is truly a a massively influential person in my life who has just spoken life over me, who has encouraged me in some of the lowest times of my life, and been with me for the highs. Okay, so parents, grandparents listening to this, you're important, okay, but make sure that there are other adults or, you know, younger adults uh, who understand the generation better and can be in their lives. Make sure that you're not the only one because we know parents can only say so much. We've been around our children way too much, but get them around other adults. So uh, now that you're graduating, what is next for Chandler Wilburn as far as school, ministry, life in general? What are your plans? Yes, um, for this next upcoming fall, graduation is in about two weeks for me, and I'll be attending the Colorado School of Mines. Um, I'm going to be studying as my undergraduate engineering physics, um, and I'm doing a program there that incorporates my master's into that, where I want to go into quantum engineering, ultimately. I'll also be continuing to run, um, running for Colorado School of Mines. I've had the opportunity to sign for their team, so I'm certainly super excited for that. Fantastic. Um, and I definitely am planning to continue to be involved with any church that I can find the opportunity to continue and worship and to continue serving on a worship team is something that I certainly plan on investing in as I've found that to be so rewarding in my own life and something that I've really found a passion for. So you haven't found a church up there yet? Not yet. Um, I, I will be moving to golden within the next couple months and my, 
my first item is church shopping, of course. Okay. Well, if, you know, if, uh, if you like what you hear with Chandler and would like him to check out your church or you know churches up there to suggest uh, to him or you'd like to get in touch with him for, for any reason, Chandler, how can people get in touch with you? You tell me you really don't do social media. I respect you for that. But how can people get in touch with you? Yeah, honestly, the best way is probably just email as I am off social media. My email is Wilburn, W-I-L-B-U-R-N, Chandler, C-H-A-N-D-L-E-R at gmail.com. Okay, well, there you got it. Chandler Wilburn, but it's Wilburn Chandler at gmail.com if you'd like to get in touch with him. Um, very exciting that we are graduating a wonderful, strong, Christian, conservative young men who are bold and women who are bold out into our um, uh, into our cities, into our uh, county and state. And uh, actually, if you have uh, want to suggest uh, another youth who uh, we should have here on Partners in the Gospel, we'd love to hear from you. You can go on our website. Uh, and and uh, contact me through there and let me know. We're always looking for great new guests, and we love to have youth involved. Chandler Wilburn, thank you so much for being on Partners in the Gospel today. Thank you so much for having me, Mr. Goldman. Well, that's it. That's it for this week. I'm Chaim Goldman, The Watchman, and you've been listening to Partners in the Gospel on 100.7 FM, The Word. Catch all of our episodes on podcast on our website, The Word FM. 1007.com. That's the word FM 1007.com. Now, brothers and sisters, get out there like Chandler and make an impact for the kingdom for such a time as this. Shalom. Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to, he understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.